Episode 25, May 15th, 2023, from the car. Been in the car a lot, but not in familiar settings. Long road trip time the last couple weeks. And now back to the Teton Daily Commute, which prompts the uh, the podcast update uh, more so than the long road trips, it seems, at least the way my brain works. Um, today's commute is for work over the Teton Pass, but it's a little different than normal. I'm, I'm going to work a half day of, of customized technical skills instruction at a client's house. Uh, it's, a, it's an idea I blatantly stole from an awesome colleague. Give full credit to Mark Smiley for the, the what he calls the backyard brain dump. Uh, your mountain guide does house calls. Uh, it's a good way to fit in concentrated, focused, technical skills instruction into into life. Uh, let let me do the the commuting, and and you can be right at home. In this case, the client will drop their kid off at school and come home for a few hours of uh, high quality technical skills instruction, and then uh, be get back to the rest of their life. Uh, yeah, kind of a neat little thing, I think. But that ends the, the commercial here. Uh, I'll get into ran, regular ramblings uh, forthright. Uh, I just... So I mentioned long road trip. I just toured for three weeks through California for work, ski guiding in the historical High Sierra snow coverage. And then a a week of uh, desert family camping out. Um, And it's it's California time time I kind of want to comment on. I have a a now long history of skiing in the Sierra. One of the things I did was guide Trans-Sierra, Sierra High Route on skis. Uh, Seven day, awesome trip, tons of details on my... Instagram about it, um, but the last time I done it was 20 years prior to the date, uh, roughly close enough within a week or two, 20 years exactly, um, which feels like a long history, but not nearly as long as the the history of skiing in the area, and certainly others have longer histories. But with a, with that long history and my own interest in in prior history, I, I and time in the camper between gigs I I sort of revisited Sierra skiing history and Sierra ski guiding history uh, and pondered history and its understanding the study of history and its impacts on my experience and and came to what I think are a couple interesting uh, not conclusions but thoughts Ideas on the on the topic. Uh, I I find myself so a couple directions to go here, but I, I find myself when pondering the old timers, the early days of the the sorts of ex- exploration we do now, which is relatively young in the grand scheme of things, recreational mountain explorations, uh, really date to the industrial age here, the last couple hundred years, and with with any sort of frequency, really, in the last 
50 to 70 years. Uh, so short history, but a history nonetheless. And the early parts of that were, were less technologically advanced. The, uh, you know, science has, has moved forward in terms of... <clears throat> and, and the market has grown bigger for outdoor equipment, technology. Uh, information is spread better now by virtue of greater numbers, greater participation, and, of course, technological matters. Uh, so a, a great deal of what we do in the mountains is easier now, easier, safer, more comfortable. Our clothes are better, our tents are better, our backpacks are better, all our equipment is better, our uh, the information we share is better, and our, our technological resources from the backcountry are, are better. The navigation and communication uh, technology that exists now, even as compared to 20 years ago when I last skied across the Sierra, it, it's much, much better. And what that uh, that does a few different things it, it empowers people in one way or another either, either lowers the entry bar and or uh, empowers people to push it a little further it opens opens the doors to more that lowering the entry bar has, has mixed results more people participate as a result which is both good and bad uh, inherently more people in the wilderness makes it less wild uh, but more people in the wilderness means more people get to appreciate everything the wilderness has and, and that's a good thing uh, yeah that's sort of a side note though what I find myself feeling is, is as I navigate on my smartphone and text from the deep wilderness with, with my loved ones at home and you know, snuggle into a one-pound sleeping bag that, that keeps me warm enough at, a, you know, five degrees Fahrenheit, while a half-pound tent shelters from the storm and a, you know, thousand-dollar skis glide me across the landscape, uh, I feel sort of guilty or, or sort of inadequate for, uh, for the task at hand, I'm relying on all this technology to to do what what others have done 20, 30, 50 years ago with a lot less technology. That's my first gut like feeling when I ponder the history of our of our mountain pursuits. Uh, and that's that's a drag. I shouldn't compare myself to others, but I do, and we all do, right? But then on the other hand when I think about it more and think about it in real terms we're I and, and we collectively are doing a lot more now with what we have at our disposal uh, and specifically this the, the Trans Sierra trip I did Sierra High Route seven days has been done and been guided since the 70s uh, so 50 years nearly or thereabouts and uh so a ton of, you know, it's not a, not a revolutionary endeavor. Uh, what we did was not that revolutionary, except in, in small little ways. Uh, the uh, twenty years ago, to guide that, I would have had to go in there and figure it out, 
take notes, and then as the research part, and then and with map and compass and the whole deal, and then have you know very good clients and very good conditions to to pull it off with with appropriate margins. As it was this time, essentially on on site guided this very complex, long, demanding endeavor. Some of the very first bits of terrain were familiar and the very last bits and we crossed paths with a route I'd done before in 20 years ago but 90% of the terrain was brand new and even the places that I'd been before were not immediately familiar hadn't been there in a decade or more or so a decade or so uh, <clears throat> so I was you know figuring out the terrain as we went and that's reasonable to do in the analog age, and but it's a heck of a lot easier and, and and better in the digital age. I could use the digital navigation to uh, to map it all out on the go or beforehand, and then on the go, uh, identifying appropriate terrain and the and the micro terrain decisions needed to be made. Uh, I did it with a a young family at home and was able to stay in touch with that family via digital communications, which affected people's experiences a lot more in the past, being out of, you know, the wilderness experience. Wilderness communications aspect of the wilderness experience was much different prior to the satellite age. Uh, I did it uh, with a, a... a client for whom it was it was really hard in general that that client profile would probably would not have skied the Sierra High route 20 years ago uh, but thanks to equipment and the development of a craft it was it was a reasonable proposition to do so and we did it in in horrendous conditions uh, poor weather poor surface conditions uh, cold temperatures all of which made it challenging and probably, you know, prior to the confidence inspired by, again, digital navigation, better equipment, that that wouldn't have been, you know, we wouldn't have even launched with conditions like they were, much less smoothly completed. So the needle moves slowly, both technologically and what we're, what we're accomplishing, but when you look at it over decades... We really are are moving that needle. We are doing more and better, uh, and and in a sense, we're we're not any better or worse than the currently than than the mountaineers of history, but we have more resources and and more technology, more information, and can can execute in objective terms at a higher level. But, but are, are similar. What hasn't changed is that, you know, mountain pursuits are, are best and most appealing when they're, when they're at our edge and that edge keeps moving. Uh, and, uh, you know, a deep wilderness, multi-day ski tour for a, a team just ready for the pursuit in tough conditions and 
in unfamiliar terrain is a, is was at our edge for this for this time around and without digital navigation and satellite communications and lightweight effective equipment it would have been past our edge and we would have done something different the edge would have been a different thing so that makes me feel better about the adopting the technology the human experience the, the human it's a human tendency to, to seek that edge even as that edge moves with with technological advantage uh, yeah and the other thing that came up as a, in terms of history and, and such as it pertains to this high Sierra trip is that I, I have in, in studying history and interacting with with long, long time Sierra ski guiding mentors specifically, uh, and Sierra skiing history, you know, history makers, and I've participated some, and maybe some in Sierra skiing history. Uh, there's a, and this is Sierra. The Sierra skiing history is maybe even more exaggerated in this way than other mountain communities and landscapes and such but there's there's an idea that they want to keep it quiet that the recording the history and and, and and bragging about what you've done is is undesirable in some way or another uh, and there's there's some nobility in that keeping things quiet hum, hum, there's nobility in the humility of it all there's also nobility in, in preserving someone else's adventure by not giving every twist and turn in, of your tail. Uh, but there's also a, a, a recollection bias in this. I'm learning that uh, we celebrate who we think of as like the quiet historical figures who just did it for the love of the game. And we, we criticize the, the contemporary spray lords, the the uh, the outgoing people promote it, self-promotional type folks in our mountain communities see a little criticism for that part of their personality, uh, and there's there's bias in that. In so the one one example is the, the teams. A small community of skiers in the early 80s uh, skied a long and now long celebrated traverse through the length, north to south length, south to north length of the Sierra and our, uh, one of the main things that's remembered about it is that they didn't didn't sell didn't like celebrate it much, they didn't claim exactly what they did, they left it vague uh, and they were humble about it and that's that's what's uh, what's remembered. We know they did it, but we celebrate their humility about it. And then more modern type traverses. Just a couple years ago, a, a very strong climber did a, a very significant Sierra climbing traverse and and, and, and bragged about it pretty hard and, and met, took some flack for that. Uh, 
However, in, in studying more on the history of, say, the Sierra, old, the early 80s Sierra ski community, ski crowd that did that red line traverse, we remember them for being quiet, humble crushers. However, the, the historical record shows that they uh, did dozens of slideshows every year promoting their themselves, promoting their guiding businesses and their sponsored expeditions and, and uh, you know, conducting these slideshows as a, as a promotional effort. The modern equivalent now, of course, is social media, which seems less, which is really no different. It's just promotional platform. Uh, a slideshow is a very, it's more personal. We interact directly with our slideshow presenter and, or, you know, and audience. But it's still a promotional effort. And, and that, that seems to be those promotional efforts of the, the historical figures seem to fade from our minds faster than their, than their accomplishments. Basically, if we know of someone's accomplishment, they promoted it somehow. Whether that's just telling their friends and word spread or magazine articles or slideshows or social media. Like, if we know of something, even if what we know is how humble they were, they were at least not hum- not so humble as to as to keep it to themselves, and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a reminder to me that that history is a matter of what actually happened, then how it is presented, and then how we remember it. And we're not that different now, even though our social media makes it seem so different social media of 40 years ago was slideshows 40 years prior to that was in terms of the mountain stuff was was you know nationalistic patriotic expeditions and the promotion around that 40 years prior to that mountaineers promoted themselves uh, in print making it into newspapers and such it's Anything that has made it into the historical record has inherently been promoted somehow or or at least claimed owned in one way or another. The only things that are truly humble are those that that no one knows about. Literally no one who wasn't on the trip knows about it. Uh, Everything else beyond that is just a matter of of degrees. So again, it speaks to that like sort of shame we're ashamed that we're not as good as the old timers with our technology and we're ashamed that we're not as quiet as the old timers because of our social media and I don't think we need to feel so ashamed uh, of that because as it pertains to like advancement of our craft the, the pull of the edge is always going to be there we're always going to be pulled to our own personal edge even as that edge moves with with greater capabilities due to technological and informational and educational advancement. And uh, we want to balance our humility with our self-promotional sides, of course, but we don't need to feel ashamed of that we're the first ones to be promoting ourselves. Mountaineers for all time have have promoted themselves in one way or another. Uh, 
Yeah. And I'm speaking as much to myself as anyone here. This is a a journey and a balance I'm always on and seeking. Uh, and uh, a, a trip through, a literal and figurative trip through Sierra skiing history helped... Uh, Help me process some of those things for the time being. Maybe something about my story will speak to you. So thanks for listening in.